Welcome to Conversations on the Porch, where I'm joined by, well, guests where we just explore the world and explore many things. Welcome to Conversations on the Porch. I wonder who's walking up the gravel path today and knocking at my door. This is Conversations on the Porch. So welcome to another episode of Conversations on the Porch with me, Steve Twynham. As per normal, I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world to chew the cud on a particular topic. And, and tonight we're going to be exploring uh, the power of imagination. So if you listen to this for the very first time, let's just let people know who we are, how we got to, how we're involved with the hour radio or whatever, just for the listeners in case this God forbid, it's the first time they've ever listened to this. The question is, where have they been? Right, so uh, Steve, go for it. Steve Gamlin, I enjoy life as a speaker and creator of the Vision Board Mastery Program. Been part of Yawa for four years, and I host three new episodes a week of the Motivational Firewood Hour. Thank you, Steve. Sarah? Hi, I'm new to the team. I'm your host on Wednesdays for Wellbeing Wednesday, all about communicating and connecting with our soul. And when I'm not on the radio, I am a coach, a mentor and a healer for sensitive, high achieving women. Well, wonderful. Alicia. Hi, my name is Alicia Davidovitz. I am a success coach for high achieving millennials. Happy to be part of the Yahweh team with the episodes Love from Alicia interspersed throughout your day. Thank you. I'm Libby. Hi, I'm Libby Steggles Jin, and I empower parents to raise confident, resilient, and happy kids. And I am I host the Parent Talk Show here on UR Radio, giving lots of top tips to to parents who listen. Thank, thank you, Libby. Uh, Charis, I'm Charis Santilli, and I'm scattered throughout your day with some short snippets as well as some longer episodes for Charis Your Life, and. I am a life balance and transition coach. Wonderful. And Laura? Hi, I'm Laura Toop, and I have a show called Flourish. Every third Sunday of the month, um, outside of Yawa, I am a coach who supports individuals to take control in an uncontrollable world through the Project Me framework um, to achieve success without compromise. Wonderful. And Stephanie? Hey, everyone. I am Stephanie Shaw, host of Hello Hot Flash. Outside of uh, the Yawa family, I am also a menopause coach, and I work with midlife women who want to control the midlife change. And I'm going to say this, we have a special guest joining us tonight. We've got Catherine joining us, who, yeah, is not part of the Yawa radio family yet, uh, but she may be, you never know. Um, so, Catherine, let the listeners know uh, the work that you do. Yes. Hi, I'm Catherine Evans. I'm a counsellor and hypnotherapist, and I have a special in interest in supporting women with their reproductive health, including fertility, pregnancy, post-birth and the menopause. Wonderful. Thank you. So there you are, the listener. You now have got an idea who everybody is. Um, I'm Steve. I'm the founder of Yawa Radio. I now no longer know just what I do. Um, I used to work as a coach, used to work as a hypnotherapist, um, and, but radio has taken over my life, bringing Yawa Radio uh, to the airways. And it just takes so much of my time up now, but it's so much fun helping make a positive difference to people's lives and, and working with so many wonderful people here in the UK. 
and across the world. So tonight, the power of imagination. Just how powerful is it? Where do we start? Steve, any thoughts? For me, without it, without imagination and creativity, uh, the visual that I get, and I'm very visual with everything I do, is a box of gray crayons. And I remember being a kid, whenever I got a box of crayons for birthday or Christmas or whenever, it unlocked imagination because I've got all these crazy wild ideas in my head, but I got to bring them to life and to light through all these different colors. So my imagination has always been a huge part of everything I've done. And it impacts every part of my life, personally and professionally, in relationships, et cetera. So imagination to me is one of the most valuable tools in the toolbox. Wow. The, the general question, anybody want to jump in then? Um, is the power of imagination, does everybody have that same skill? Do you think is does everybody have that same power? Anybody want to pick up on that one? I think that everybody sure, does have the. But Sarah jumped in first, Alicia. Then we'll come to you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was just going to say I think everybody does have the power. It's then a question of are they able or enabled to tap into it? And listening to Steve, just what you said about being a kid. I don't know why, but it automatically connected me to creative writing classes when I was little. I used to love them because that was the only time where we could actually really get creative. I don't know if anybody else here had creative writing, but that was one of my favorite, favorite subjects. So, yeah. Yeah, I used to be told I have a vivid imagination, Sarah. I don't know whether that's the same thing. And yeah, yeah, I used to get told that a lot at school. Alicia, what were you going to add? Yeah, I think imagination is an innate part of all of us that changes over time as we're told, no, that couldn't happen. That's not realistic. You should do this instead. And so I think oftentimes our imagination gets limited. People, as already during this episode, have referenced childhood experiences with imagination. That's often when we remember it being most vibrant. But I think imagination is so much a part of us. Even when Steve was talking about the box of gray crayons, it sparked my imagination and it doesn't take much. I was thinking about, oh, you could create a story where these gray crayons wanted some color. And so they went on an adventure to differentiate themselves, to show who they were and set themselves apart. And so really from the most bland things, imagination can come in when we let it to then really take us in a whole different direction. But it's really about connecting and allowing imagination to generate those sparks and then let them carry themselves where they will. Okay, so you've just sparked my mind, just three of you talking there about yeah, childhood, imagination, creating all sorts out of cardboard boxes, writing, taking herself to a different place. So let me pose this question, then everybody wants to pick up on this one. At what point does it get stifled? Who wants to pick up on that one? Have you had your imagination stifled? I've just touched on mine when they said, "Yeah, Stephen, you have a vivid imagination. I think you know. I think you need to just calm down a bit." Go on, Libby. What do I, you I've, think? I've had my my stifled because um, I use imagination is a massive part of my life, and um, I think that's why I get on with children so so well because this inner child in me loves to Im imagine, and yeah, I have. Even now to this day, 
if I have created something in my imagination, somebody with a very logic brain may come and go, oh, well, yeah, but Libby, uh, what what about this or what about that? And I'm like, yeah, what about that kind of, you know, because <laughs> I'm just so in this. So, yeah, you know, it can get stifled and, and yeah, trampled yeah. on quite a bit. Trampled on. Any yeah, other thoughts? I, yeah, what I agree that? with Libby. I think... Um, especially as parents, we need to be very, very careful of that going back. I think everything goes back to our childhood, right? Uh, but but it's so easy for us to want our child to be practical and to go to school, go to college, get a job, like set up this career and not understanding that it, that imagination may lead them into entrepreneurship. It may lead them into a, a, a different career path or what have you. So yeah, we I think that um, as parents, as spouses, as friends, we can often stifle others' imaginations. And I think it's really, really important for us to think about our the words that we're using before we say, that's not a good idea, or that's too far out there, or why are you thinking that way? Okay. Anybody else want to add anything? Yeah, Charis. Well, I think it could be interesting to bring in um, a little bit of neuroscience into this. I've really been learning more about that this last year too. And my coaching frameworks, the people who developed both of them that I use, it was all based in neuroscience. And basically what I've learned is, um, as I've dug deeper, because I wanted to understand it more myself, <laughs> is that the right side of the brain, the right hemisphere is more where that imagination, that creativity comes from. And yet we live in a very left brain mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And so the left side of our brain if we just generalize this very simply is more where the analytical analytical and logical side is as well as the fear center. And so the, those two, and those two things team up really well, because logic wants to help, you know, defend against anything that may be fearful, but, um, we've got these, it's like over time, we put on all these layers of clothing to protect ourselves as you know, we've grown up starting even just as a baby, the first time that our parent didn't answer our cry, you know, it, and it just continues onward as we get older and we put on these protections on ourselves. And then that left brain is really kicking into gear and running our world um, locally and, and in our personal life. And then also out there globally, we just live very much in a left dominated uh, society, even spanned across the globe as we are. So being able to tap into that right brain is all about whatever you can do to ground yourself, be present, uh, you know, deep breaths, focusing on a sense, anything to try to calm your nervous system, to be able to tap into the creativity and the imagination and, or dive into the creativity. And then that kind of all comes as a, as a, you know, as a looping effect as well. So there's some interesting stuff around neuroscience in connection with this, I think. Brilliant. So the left side of the brain is that bit that's going. So who do you think you are, man? What makes you? Think yeah, you if you're familiar that? with Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, she's the very first TED Talk that ever went viral back in 2008. It's called Stroke of Insight, and she has a book by that title, and then a book she released, I think it was last year, called Whole Brain Living. She's a neuroanatomist, and her um, entire left side went offline with this stroke. And she was already a neuroanatomist when this happened. So she was able to watch from that scientific perspective as things started shutting down one after another. And it was fascinating to her from the, her, that point of view. 
it took her six or eight years, as I recall, to bring that whole side back on board. But she found she wanted to and found a desire to because she couldn't communicate. So that was a problem. And she also didn't quite know where she ended, literally, physically, spatially, She because her, the entire, and this is apparently true for other th- uh, people who've suffered left brain strokes, if they only have the capacity of their right brain, is she describes it as a feeling of bliss and complete expansiveness. It's mm-hmm. and and, and if, depending on your religious beliefs, spiritual, religion, intuition, all of that is connected again with that right brain, creativity, and that's being more expansive, not putting things in boxes. You know, there, there are, there's no desire to put things in boxes. That's the left brain. So anyway, she's really a fascinating one to look into. Her Ted talk is fabulous. Wow. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Laura, Catherine, anything to add? Should we go to Laura first? I think the thing that struck me, Steve, was very much when the moment you said that you have, you were told you have a vivid imagination <laughs> that instantly took me back to a place of that's that's usually the point I was then getting told off to be brutally honest <laughs> um was because I was being perhaps too creative and actually listening to Charis talk about you know it the, the different sides of the brain and you, you know society says that we need to fit in a certain box uh, in order to get on in life and therefore if you're too creative then you don't necessarily fit in um and that it was a bad thing to be you know have an active imagination that was very much kind of like this sort of belief that I brought up was brought up in um and that I wouldn't succeed if I was particularly creative I needed to very much be the analytical but actually what I've learned now you know after having to unpick all of that is that actually the creative side the imagination is the problem solving bit is the bit that can see solutions out of you know a situation that presents myself whereas actually if I totally follow an analytical logical then I, I don't solve the problem mm-hmm. well it's a great phrase isn't it you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it you exactly. know so 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 true Catherine from the work that you do I mean any any thoughts on what's been said so far uh, yes absolutely imagination is a huge part of of what I do in terms of in hypnotherapy, a lot of it is inviting the mind to imagine something, which is a change from where somebody is. But I think the other side of it, in in the wider world, you know, everything we use, everything we we that's as part of our lives on a daily basis, has come from somebody's imagination. So sometimes it can feel like it's been sort of squashed down. But there's obviously a lot of people who have resisted that. And even if they're using their logic and their knowledge, they're still using their imagination to create new designs, new ideas, taking something to the next stage. You know, imagination has to be used all the time. Otherwise, we'd still be, you know, with horses and carriages and, and you know, um, mm-hmm. limited in air travel and, and all the things that we take for granted now mobile phones wouldn't exist without somebody saying well I'll tell you what instead of just having it plugged into this long wire how about we make it a bit differently and we can wander around with it instead (laughs) yeah yeah everything begins with a thought yeah you know I mean yeah radio began with a thought just sat here one day thinking we want to put this radio stage together right well okay right there's the thought 
let's scribble some things down. How do we make it happen? I don't know just yet, but it began with a thought and then we just created and, and away it goes. Let, let's share the power of imagination in, in our in our lives. Some Something that you have imagined that's really happened for you. Steve, anything that you could share around that? Oh, you're talking my language right there, being a visualization <laughs> expert, vision board uh, teacher and coach with people is I believe it all starts with an imagination. And as has been shared a couple of times, we don't all activate that imagination to the same degree. Some people have had it stifled. Some people, there are medical conditions where people literally cannot in their brains imagine or see visions and we have to go out of the different way. For me, the ultimate story was meeting my wife, Tina. And I was, I my first marriage ended about 20 years ago and I spent four or five years learning about visualization, vision boards, starting my speaking career and all of that. And I started to envision the ultimate version of a dream relationship for me. And the first step was me becoming the best version of myself to be the perfect partner for the woman I was imagining. And I was creating that with visions and words and hashtags and feelings and sounds and songs and all of these things. And in June of 2007, she showed up in an email from a thousand miles away after 21 years of zero communication between the two of us since we graduated high school. And so my imagination that created this relationship next June will be 17 years that I'm still living all of these things I imagined. Wow. All those years ago in, in the early two thousands during the roughest times of my life, when my imagination was the only thing keeping me going because all logic said, you have completely messed up and wrecked your life. Yeah, imagination yeah. kept me going. Wonderful, Sarah. Uh, anything from you you could share for the listener that's really your imagination took you somewhere? Oh, well, where do I start? I mean, I am similar to you, Steve. I host a few vision board workshops, normally one a year. And when I actually got into this, it was just after I trained to become a coach, and I'm also trained in NLP, and I love the visualization part of that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get into vision boards. And the most amazing vision board was in 2018. And absolutely everything on it came true, whether it was just pictures or words. But one of the things that has really transformed my life was I had cut out a picture of the Grand Canyon. I had cut out a, the picture of a woman from behind. And little did I know afterwards I would be wearing the same types of clothing. And it said something like dream afar or something like that. And then there was another word and I can't remember what it was. But and I put all of those together on this particular part of the vision board. And then I was like, well, I live in France. I have no intention of going to the States. I have no intention of going to the Grand Canyon. I don't know what's going to go on, you know. And it was like, why have I done all of this? And I was part of a gratitude circle online at the time. And I was one of the ambassadors in this group. And to thank the ambassadors for being part of the group, we were invited to a women's spiritual retreat. So not in the Grand Canyon, but not far from the Grand Canyon that year. And I actually ended up going and everything that was around this picture of the Grand Canyon, the words and the images and everything was all there, was all there. Wow. Excellent stuff. Libby. What about yourself? So <clears throat> I've, I can I think of lots of, of stories. I think the biggest, the biggest achievement 
um, with the imagination is um, my children. And I, I remember, because I was in hospital for three months, the last three months of my pregnancy with Cameron, and I was just so happy that I was having a baby. And I imagined what he would look like, what he would be like. Um, and my husband's got very strong genes. That everyone was like, oh, he's just going to come out, you know. And, and he didn't. Um, my genes are stronger. Um, and so for me, imagination is has a, a lot to do with communication as well. Because when somebody's communicating to you, you imagine what they're they're saying. You get you get images or or thoughts, and so the imagination for me is definitely with my kids and the relationship that I've got with them, <clears throat> and even the communication that I've got with them. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think I think that would be the big one for big me. One. I also look from your story, Libby. I know when we first met, and you was telling me about the work that we we're doing, and then you had a conversation and, and they developed the emoji and became the emoji coach, you know, and that, that came out of a conversation and you visualizing that and away you went. That's, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it was just, and, and like you say, I think when you open yourself up to imagination, you are, well, for me anyway, I'm in my heart, hmm. you know, I know imagination is very much the pictures, but it is, you know, we've talked about being in the logic side of the brain and I, it's, I can feel it. My, my body feels quite stressy if I'm too in my head. So for me to use my imagination, I'm in my heart and think that's where the flow is for me. And you're right, within 24 hours, it was like, boom, the emoji coach just came on, uh, designed emojis and designed <laughs> other things. And it, and it just feels, it just feels really lovely doesn't it when when we have yeah. we're in this imagination and um and and talking about going back to school and, and I would quite often get oh she's away with the fairies again she's daydreaming again <laughs> and what have you and I hear a lot of parents talk about that like oh they're, they're always like away with the fairies I'm like that's great that's really good <laughs> that they are doing that they are focusing and listening but just their way so so yeah the emoji sure, coach yeah yeah they're not watching politics live um <laughs> Alicia, have you got a story to share? Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, Cheris was talking about the difference between the right region and the left region of the brain. And when my kids were in elementary school, I decided, you know what, I'm ready to go back into professional life. I had, you know, dedicated my time completely to raising my children, to being with them. Um, but as they were in school more, I thought, okay, maybe I'll go back into professional life. And so I went to that left brain and I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this out and think about what have I done in the past? What are my qualifications? Where might I most likely be considered? What types of roles? And, you know, I was getting a little bit of traction, but nothing was working out. And so I was like, oh, this just feels hard and it's frustrating. And then one day, my husband's friend was over at our house, and he said to me, hey, you know, can I talk to you about something? There's a situation I've been kind of grappling with, and I'd appreciate just being able to chat with you. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. And so he told me about a dilemma that he was having, and I, you know, just listened and asked questions and chatted. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, wow, that was amazing. You answered all the questions that I had and questions I didn't even know that I had. And it was like 
in that place that the light bulb went on and I shifted into that right brain. I'm like, wow, this is cool. I want to do more of this. This is probably what coaching is like. What if I were to become a coach? What if I were to pursue that? And I could do this all the time. And I'd been having these kinds of conversations all my life. I would be chatting with someone in the grocery store and they would tell me all this stuff. And then I'd go home and tell people and they'd say, no one ever does that with me in the grocery store or anywhere else. And I realized like, there were these little seeds that were being planted, but it was that left side that had to be quieted so that the right side could engage with this imagination of what is the potential of this? Where can I take this juiciness, this resonance, this part that's always been within me and take it even further? And so as I thought, I wonder if this is what could be used as a coaching practice. And, you know, if this could be turn into something I started imagining and, you know, through that imagination that led me to, you know, then become certified and to start working with clients and to start imagining my own coaching practice and imagining where else I could bring value. And then, you know, along came Yahweh and and so much stuff. So yeah, it's the imagination that really helps you kind of thrive and live into who you are, what lights you up. Well, Lisha, I've got the feeling you got a little bit excited when you had that light bulb moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah wonderful. <laughs> um, sure. Char- Charis, what about yourself? Um, what's coming to mind is when I was launching my coaching practice, I guess Lisha was talking too, uh, and coming, I wanted to have a name for my website and for the podcast and things. And I, um, I was I was not sitting down trying to figure it out. That's the key. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, uh, is that uh, I was in the kitchen making tea or coffee, you know, some sort of morning beverage, having my breakfast, that kind of thing, just puttering around the kitchen. And I suddenly started thinking like names and a childhood memory came back of, um, and, and throughout my life when people would kind of play with my name and sing the song Cheris the love mm-hmm. uh, chair it's cherish, cherish, cherish the, love. the love yeah, yeah. and but they would say cherish your love you know they would flip it and say cherish my name trying to say this right um cherish your love and they would sing that to me and then the you know the whole song and stuff and that popped in my head and then i was all of a sudden like okay so people often play with my name because they either can't pronounce it or it sounds like cherish even though it's not and so then they you know do these phrases and stuff So I thought, well, why don't I just play with it? And so then I just, I grabbed a post-it note and a pen in the kitchen. Again, it was low stress. It was not an intended figure it out, must think Mm. this through time. It was just popped in because I wasn't trying to think of it. And, but I did just grab a pen and paper and start just brainstorming phrases. And then within a handful, I had cherish your life. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Ooh. And then uh, that was that. It was like, well, that was easy. <laughs> but, um, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. It, uh, yeah, it, it is so true. So, you know, I, how many times in the past, you know, I'm going back to school days now when you're working on a, I don't know, a maths problem or something and you can't work it out, you know, when you're stuck in it and you walk away from it, have a beer when you're at school and come back <laughs> uh, and you solve it, you know, because you've just given you that time. You've walked away from it. What about yourself, Laura? I suppose where I've been instantly taken to is for me, Project Me. Um, so for those who don't know my story, um, eight years ago, I lost 
my husband, my health and my career in the space of six to eight weeks. And with my what my then four year old nephew said to me was that I had nothing, but actually I didn't have nothing. I had my imagination. And so that um, is, was the creation of Project Me. And that Project Me is absolutely everything to do with the imagination because I literally did have nothing. You know, I, I don't have children unlike some of the others who've been talking. So it was like once I hadn't got a career, I hadn't got but my husband had died um, and I hadn't got my health anymore. There wasn't really much that I had to imagine the life that I wanted. And so that project me was the product of my imagination. And I now live or am living the reality of, of project me in every single asset, um, whether it's because I've you know moved to a town I don't don't know, whether I've renovated the house, all of that came about because I imagined the life that I wanted to live and project me is that so for me project me is the absolute epitome of what is possible with the power of imagination wow wonderful Catherine you've got some great people here that'd be great to be hypnotized wouldn't you because they've got wonderful imaginations you could take them anywhere <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah definitely what what about something in your life then Catherine that the imaginations took you in a direction or opened some doors um, well, the one that springs to mind, it, it's it's quite a small thing, in particularly in, in relation to what some of, of um, the, the people on, on the call tonight have been talking about in terms of how it's changed their lives in a variety of ways, whether it's relationships, careers, um, life in general. But but my little, it's quite a little story, but actually it's one that I always refer back to. Um, I have done vision boards. I've done vision boards in in sort of groups and things before, and I was attending somebody else's. It was something that was done online over a weekend, and the first day was exploring, looking for pictures, words, etc., cutting them out, and then on the second day we were going to be looking at placing them and and putting things together. And so I hadn't even got as far as sticking the pictures onto the board. But I'd got various things, including a lovely picture of um, a shed, but it wasn't it wasn't any any normal shed. It was beautifully painted. It had a lovely big chair in it, had nice cushions. I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. And separately to that, I'd also found some um, words that just said a space of my own. And something that I'd wanted for a while within our home, I just wanted a little corner somewhere that would be mine that I could, you know, be be creative and, and do various things. Um, so that was the Saturday that I'd cut it out. And then the Sunday morning, I hadn't even got as far as sticking anything onto the piece of paper. But my mind was already, as we know, once we've made that suggestion to ourselves, we, we start with the imagination, the imagination grows. Um, and to cut a, a long story short, where I'm sitting now is the space that I created because this is my old desk that I've had for a very long time. I've had it well over 30 years um, and I love it. I mean, it's an old office desk. It's nothing to look at, but it's mine and I love it. <laughs> and it was covered in stuff as, as often happens. It's in the spare room. It was covered in stuff and I reclaimed it and I've created it as I wanted it. And now I've got my notice board. I've got everything set up. It's where I work online. It's where I sat and wrote my book. You know, everything mm. about being creative happens sitting here. But it took that picture, bizarrely, a picture of a shed and some words that led my brain to work mm. overnight. By the next morning, it was like, 
I, I, I could have my desk back. So this is my space, but it came from imagination. Wonderful, wonderful. Stephanie, what about yourself then? I mean, I imagine, hello, what flash came from, I thought. <laughs> it did. I said, best, best uh, time to imagine it in the shower in the morning. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but, you know, like all the good stuff comes. Um, The story that came to my mind is even as a child, so um, it's, it's funny, I ended up working for the phone company, but even as a child, we had a 394 phone number and I always wanted an 856 phone number because that was the burbs. I lived in the city, the burbs were 856. So I spent a lot of time thinking about what that looks like, what that looks like living in a different type of neighborhood, a different type of community and environment. And when I got married, there was this seven year period where in my mind, I kept imagining what our dream home would look like. And it was way beyond what we could ever afford or think about or imagine. But within seven years, we actually moved into a home where we ended up paying for our home, what people were paying for their lots mm -hmm. um, with the same brick outside, the same roof line, the same roof, the same front door. And I always wanted a pond in my backyard. And we're fortunate enough that we have a pond in our backyard, but it's not ours. It's like a community but it looks like it's ours. So it's maintained by someone else, but we get access to it. Mm -hmm. So I, I look at when I'm thinking about this, I think about it with gratitude that we've been able to do this because it, I mean, I was five, six, seven years old and always wanted to, um, to have a, a nice home. But I also look at it like, um, especially when I heard Steve's story, it's like manifesting in a way, how mm -hmm. people talk about manifesting. Like, I think you need your imagination to, to figure out where you want to go, where you are, are trying to go, and then keep focusing on that imagination, keep focusing on that plan and on that big idea, and it helps you get to where you want to go. I'm totally, totally believe that this is this possible. I have a real quick story that I have a son, my middle son's the same way. He was um, probably like in sixth or seventh grade and started talking about um, being an entrepreneur and talking about things like mobile barbershop. Now he's 32. So mobile barbershops and things like that were not the rage in the nineties. You know, <laughs> he like had all of these ideas. And then last year he he's a designer for a, a DNA company, but his side gig is a mobile barbershop now. And so it was just, it came to his imagination, this great idea. We start seeing other people doing, I'm like, you thought of that when you're like in sixth grade. And he was able to bring that to life because of the imagination. So I think it's super powerful and something that um, as as a grandparent, I'm really encouraging in my grandkids. And as, as people of influence, we need to make sure that we're encouraging um, folks around us to, to use their imagination more. Wow. Wonderful stuff. I'll share one for me. I mean, I've already touched on the hour radio thing, but you just touched on one when we were we were looking to move. But same thing as you about the home. Um, and Anna and I sat down and um, we we created this image of a 200 year old cottage in the country, hills, cows in the field, stream at the bottom of the garden. OK, and we're out for a drive one day and we passed the cottage overlooking the hills, stream at the bottom of the garden, cows in the field that was for sale. OK, and it all came together in about eight weeks. We sold our old house and then got the new one so that was powerful and what about imagination being stifled um i'm going back a long time now i'm going back 30 maybe 40 years we were having a dinner party with some friends and i went got a great idea guys go on steve what have you got now home delivery pardon 
home delivery. People that don't want to go shopping, why don't we set up a home delivery company? And my mates around the table went, that'll never happen. And I like just... Because I had that idea too, Steve. Did like, you? In the eighties and nineties, I had the same idea too. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you. It's all right, and and it got stifled. So look, we've got this powerful imagination. We've got a few minutes left, really. So I just want to ask this question, then, right? Because I hope the listeners got the the feel of just how powerful it is. But with all this imagination and this creative thought, does it ever keep you awake? Do you ever sleep? <laughs> Very quickly through that. Steve, what about yourself? You know, does it, does uh, it yeah, I've, sometimes? I've learned over the years to keep a notepad and a pen or perhaps even one of my little digital audio recorders next to my bed because back in my radio days and my stand-up comedy days, even as a speaker, ideas will come to me in the middle of the night. And I did learn a long time ago that scribbling in the dark is a really bad thing <laughs> because it means you were very imaginative, but yet you're other side of your brain didn't remind you to write legibly <laughs> and it's actually worse to know that you had a great idea and that your imagination was working so yeah it it hits me at any time so i always make sure i've got resources around to capture it then take action surround myself with the right people and that's a big reason why i'm here now mm. you and i steve for those brand new we had a conversation in the fall of 2014 you had me on your radio show mm -hmm. And we talked afterward about your idea for a radio station dedicated to positivity. And five years later, you reached out and asked if I remembered that conversation. Mm. And here we are. Yeah, I remember it well, Steve. I remember yeah. it well. What about anybody else? You know, do you have trouble sleeping? Do you have the same thing? Are you, are you wake up in the night with a creative thought and you've got to get it down? I deliberately, every night before I go to sleep, I use my imagination. I always think of what I'm grateful for. So I play back everything, you know, that I'm, I'm grateful for, use my imagination. And I use my imagination of what it is that I'm, I'm wanting. So I do that deliberately, really feel it in my heart. And then a bit like Steve, it's like something wakes me up sometimes and and it would be like, oh, and then on the morning, I can't quite remember it. So I just sit and it comes back to me then. And, and it, you know, whatever has come to me through the night, is spot on for me to mm. act and, and follow it through. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, I saw you nodding when Steve said about um, waking up in the night or scribbling stuff down. Yeah. Same, same thing here. Um, I do, but I kind of write legibly during the middle of the night. <laughs> I, never, I never thought about the voice recording. I need to, to do that now, but I will, I will wake myself up uh, and start writing down ideas and, just get a or I'll use my phone a lot of times and put notes in my phone and just get the meat of the concept and then fall back to sleep. But I think some of the best ideas come that at that time because you don't have all the other stuff interfering with you and with your brain mm. and with your thoughts. That's why I, you know, went back to the shower things like you finally are in a place where you can be clear and use your imagination. So that's when I think it, it becomes more powerful and we can hone into it. So yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot of sleepless nights. A lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. I touched on one thing that Steve said as well, because he used the word action. Okay. In there as well. And, and this is where I think a lot of people get stuck with manifesting or imagination they don't take the actions when things come to them uh, and, and it passes them by. And, a lot, you know, I often say to people, you know, the last six letters, last six letters of the law of attraction, 
our action. You have to do something when these things happen. We could have drove past this cottage and just gone, well, there's a nice cottage there. But we didn't. We went to the estate agents and went, we want a view. You know, anybody got anything to add before we finish? Because um, we've had a good call tonight. I really enjoyed it. Anything you want to add, anybody? Just shout out. If not, we shall wrap up and say good night. Well, if anybody's up. looking for a gift for Christmas, because uh, sometimes your best ideas come in the shower as well. I think Stephanie talked yeah. about that. Those shower crayons, they were not invented for kids. They were invented <laughs> for people like us. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, Catherine, have you enjoyed it? Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me along. It's a pleasure. You're more than welcome to join us anytime. We do this every uh, every four weeks. So a big thank you to all for joining us on tonight's Conversation on the Porch. I believe this is the last one of the year. And then we're heading into 2024. So thanks to all and whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, evening, wherever you are in the world. Have a, have a good one. Thank you. This has been Conversation on the Porch. I wonder who'll be joining me on the next episode, walking up the gravel drive and knocking at the door. This has been Conversations on the Porch. <laughs>